Hello, hello, and welcome everybody to another podcast episode where we'll be talking about a power tool that you have available to you at any time and how to use it. So tune in. Welcome to another episode of Binge Eating to Food Freedom with me, Katie Papo. If you're ready for genuine and lasting freedom from binge eating, emotional eating, or out of control food issues, you are in the right place. Subscribe, follow, and enjoy the episode. Hello, hello, everybody. Today we have a special episode. And before moving forward, I wanted to bring in our special guest for today, Stephanie Bruce. Let me add her in here. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Katie. Hi, listeners. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. So I'll, I'll introduce you to my audience if that's okay, and you can add whatever you'd like to add. Um, so Stephanie Bruce is the co-founder of a company called Moonbird. And the mission of this company, if it's my understanding, is really to help the world breathe and relax more deeply and um, to learn how to slow down in order to speed up <laughs> and, and to really ultimately, I think, take better care of ourselves by using tools that we have at our disposal at any time, um, like using breath and relaxation. So um, is it, did I get that right? Is there anything you'd like to add? Yeah, absolutely. No, that's absolutely correct. And I think when a couple of years ago, when I started practicing meditation and breathing exercises, I found a lot of tools at my disposal when it comes to meditation, but not so many things that helped me guide my breathing. Um, and what I loved about it is that Breath work is like super effective. It can help you slow down actually within minutes. And I found that so fascinating. And uh, yeah, I, suddenly I, I thought that this has to be my mission. I just want to bring out the word around the impact of breathing and how to use this tool that we indeed, as you said, all have uh, at our disposal. Beautiful. Thank you for, for explaining that. And um, for those of you guys listening, I believe you found me, Stephanie, through an article that I had written for the Epic Times, which was about connecting breath work to eating disorders. And um, for those of you guys who are maybe new to my podcast, sometimes I talk about the work that we do with our clients because one of the, the, the very cool things is we have um, a fabulous success rate in helping people end eating disorders. And we do it in a very, uh, at least according to conventional wisdom, a very radical way. And though for me, it's the most obvious way. And, um, and we do use the breath as a tool, a, a big tool. And that might seem if you're, especially if you're new here, like why breathing? Like I breathe all the time. Why would I need to focus on my breathing? I'm breathing right now. Like what does this have to do with anything? And what does that especially have to do with, with eating? Food is, um, you know, I, my problem is sugar and cookies, not breathing. <laughs> so um, so we, we, we thought we would help to bridge that gap in this episode. And who better than the expert um, who has built, you know, even, um, and that was actually one of the other really nice things that you did, Stephanie. Stephanie reached out to me and even offered me uh, a, 
she created a device called a Moonbird that is, we'll talk about it more towards the end, but it's a breathing tool and she gifted me one and it was very beautiful. Oh, thank you for showing. Yes, it's beautiful. Mine is blue, mine is light blue. <laughs> um, and that was a lovely gift. So, so um, let's talk about, first of all, why breathing? Like, why is this even a topic? What does this have to do with anything? Like, why is, um, why is the breath important for our health and for our, I mean, I guess I want to say for both our physical and our mental health, why is the breath important? Well, I found it really strange to find out that we all breathe and um, we all actually breathe a bit differently. Um, and this has a major impact on our health. And this is something that I never learned at school, although that I got a medical training. And I found that really interesting to just uh, understand like, okay, if we all do this, but nobody has learned us how to do this properly, how is this an impacting our health um, when we're doing it not good? And how can we change it for the better? And how can we use a tool in order to steer ourselves being calm or being more energized, being more creative, or even help with certain diseases and disorders like I just mentioned. Although that I have to say, I'm not an expert when it comes to breathing and eating disorders. Um, but I did have some uh, customers of ours coming to us saying that they also used the Moonbirds to guide them to do these exercises and to, them, uh, to deal with um, yeah, anxiety and, and things that just uh, all happened or overcome them. Yeah. And um, I always like to say that it's like the tool that's right under your nose <laughs> the whole time. And, and um a lot of us, because we we go through life, right? And most people don't think about breathing at all. And we think about for our health, oh, well, I need to eat in a certain way. And if I eat this food versus this food, this will make a difference in my health, right? If I live my life living on Oreos, which I've done for a number of years, <laughs> I feel very different than if I live my life eating fruits and vegetables and grains and you know things that fuel me. So of course the quality of our food will affect how we live. The quality of water, right? If I ate, if I drank clean water versus sewer water, right? That would hugely affect my health. But we don't actually pay much attention to the quality of our breath. When meanwhile, we can go 30 days without food. We can go seven days without water, but we can't live more than a few minutes without breath. So to think that the quality wouldn't directly affect our health or our well-being in some way is almost like crazy to think about it that way. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I, I actually am a firm believer and advocate for learning how to use these tools um, in school because we spend so much time being educated on how to eat properly and how to fitness and how to take care of ourselves, but we forget this really basic element as you just said, like we breathe every second, every minute, we don't eat every second or any minute. Um, and still we, we just don't think about it. And by starting to bring our awareness to our breath, we can start to understand what the quality of our breath is. And then we can start to change it as well. And then, uh, yeah, you will, you will start to feel effects, short-term effects, immediate effects, long-term effects. Right, and one of the cool things that I, have always found interesting about the breath is that um well actually let's 
yeah, let's go into that because um, I, I think we could give some more concrete examples for people. But to preface that by saying that the breath is not only a tool with something that we can change, like, right, I could, in this moment, I could change from nose breathing to mouth breathing, or I could change from fast breathing to slow breathing, right? I can change the rhythm. But it's also a barometer where you can see where you are in any moment. So I could tune in right now and I could say, oh, my breath is very shallow right now, or my breath is very short right now. And by knowing that or using my breath and seeing like, oh, this is how my breath is working as I'm reacting to this thing, I can see kind of what state I'm in. It's almost like a window into how we're actually doing. Yeah, exactly. Everybody knows a feeling that when a car is almost about to hit you and you step away you're like this is your immediate reaction you're like <gasps> so your your heart rate goes up but your breathing also increases and this is like the fight flight freeze response that kicks in and the opposite happens as well like we're when we're having a candlelight dinner with our partner and we're super relaxed and they say something nice we go like ah so we sigh and our heart rate goes down our breathing rate goes down as well so our breathing is exactly as you just said, a barometer, um, which signals and actually can tell us how we are doing and how we feel. And so just this first step of awareness, being aware of how your breathing is and doing this at regular moments allows you to check in with yourself. And this can help just in a couple of seconds that you can go like close your eyes, you just focus on your breathing and you start to realize what your normal breathing rate is and then you'll start to realize when it's off as well and this can help to just help you understand like okay how am i actually doing just by doing a quick check-in of your breathing rate yeah and and it's cool because um and i actually you might be interested to to know this but um so with my clients a lot of um well a lot of them have uh trigger foods as in foods that they feel very out of control around specifically. So it might be peanut butter or pizza or ice cream or, you know, certain foods are more triggering than others. And when they first start working with us, uh, we actually, well, we teach them, first of all, the different types of breathing that they need to learn um, mm -hmm. because we're shifting them out of their old sympathetic breathing state, which we can talk about in a second as well. And then once we teach them those techniques, we also teach them how to observe. So we actually have them do a little experiment where they sit with certain foods and mm -hmm. maybe some foods that are triggering, maybe some foods that are non-triggering, but just a variety of foods. And what they, a lot of them find is as soon as they pick up, like not even eat, but as soon as they pick up, let's say a triggering food like ice cream, mm -hmm. they their breath automatically holds or their breath gets really shallow and they feel their heart beat more quickly and they'll get to see as that witness of oh this is my body having a traumatic response to not even the it's just my thought of the food right it's just my witnessing of the food so it can show us where our I'm not gonna use trauma with a capital T, but maybe a little T, our trauma responses are to uh, certain objects. And it's not about the food, right? It's not the food itself, it's our reaction to the food. But the beauty, once we see the reaction, now we can see, oh, well, this is the reaction now. 
And now here's the reaction. I'm going to retrain and repattern. And that's how we rewire the brain and the body yes. to have a completely different reaction to that food. So it actually becomes the place where, oh, I can just hold up that food and it doesn't trigger anything. It's just mm -hmm. one issue. It feels completely neutral. Mm -hmm. It's just the food. And that's the place that they eventually get to. Um, that's super interesting, Katie. I, I didn't even know that, like that it happens with food as well. Um, so I, I'm, I'm aware of breathing reactions when people have anxiety triggers and so on, which is similar, I guess, in some kind of way. Yes, it is an anxiety trigger, but we yeah. believe it's the food because it's, oh, well, it's sugar and it's I'm addicted. And it's so we put all the the blame, I guess, on the food, whereas in reality, if it was really about the food, we'd all react to the food that way. Mm -hmm. Right. Like we and you and I will have different anxiety reactions to certain stimuli in the world, right? You'll see something that will bring up a positive memory for you. I'll see that same thing and I'll like go into panic mode. So um, it's really about our reactions and our thoughts, which we can repattern when we, and, and the breathing is a beautiful element that we can repattern consciously because it's this tangible tool that we can, that we can change at any time. So it helps to rewire the brain um, with anything, I think, but we specifically do it with food. Um, so how does, can we talk about like the difference then between the sympathetic and the parasympathetic? Um, and what, um, just so somebody who's listening, who doesn't know anything about breathing, like what might their breath or body, how might their breath or body react in a sympathetic state, a fight or flight state versus a parasympathetic? Yeah, so in our bodies, we have an um, automatic nervous system. So it's a nervous system that is beyond our control. We don't control it in some kind of way. It just happens naturally. These are our reactions. And it exists of two branches, the sympathetic branch and the parasympathetic branch. And these act uh, opposite. Um, so the sympathetic branch is the one activating us. It's the fight, flight, freeze that you just mentioned. It's the one that's activated when we when the car wants to hit us and we are like surprised and before we can even think about the actions, what to do next, our body has already responded. So it's a very old and primitive and very fast system and it accelerates us. So it actually makes the body ready to run away from a danger or a trigger that's out there. And um, this elevates our heart rate, our breathing rate, uh, it dilates our pupils, um, our hair, our hair is going create is all the, the reactions that you typically feel when when you when you are in danger I like uh, how as you're saying that by the way there's a siren <laughs> to just <laughs> sorry to interrupt that was just such perfect timing and to be like okay there's danger out there and so you get this natural reaction to it and the funny thing is that everybody like understands this feeling because we all know this it's like the rush of adrenaline that you feel that kicks in your body and, and just all these immediate effects. So it's a very clear response to certain triggers that we have. And so the impact on our breathing is that it's elevated. Why? Because our body is like ready to run away. So we need more oxygen being delivered to the cells. And um, then we have the other branch, that's the parasympathetic one, which is a rest and digest uh, response, which is a calming part of our nervous system. And um, yeah, this actually, uh, ensures that there is more blood flow going to our intestines. So this stimulates our gastrointestinal 
gastrointestinal um, part of the body and the uh, reproductive part of the body. Um, it makes us more, more creative as well. So these are like very opposite effects that are uh, coming into play. And so we are in balance or we are at our best when we can switch between these two modes, right? So we need a bit of the activation, but we also need to come calm down. And today, often in our modern uh, life, people are just constantly or chronically almost in this activated part. And so we're constantly having this minimal uh, levels of adrenaline, cortisol in our bodies with very detrimental effects on our body if this is, happens chronically. So we actively need to calm down and push the brake pedal again, activate the parasympathetic nervous system and really enter this relaxation mode where we have a lower heart rate and we, we can breathe again. Yeah. And that is that feeling of, ah, I can breathe again. Exactly. And it and it's true um, that and one of the things that I've noticed with our clients is when they learn to shift into the and isn't it funny that it's called the rest and digest mm -hmm. um, that they do find themselves feeling much healthier, digesting food much easier because if I'm eating, you know, let's say the healthiest food in the world, I don't know what that would be, but let's imagine I'm eating the healthiest food in the world, but I'm eating it in this state of stress. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, my body is not prepared for that. It cannot, um, it cannot function and assimilate or digest really at all. Um, and also for those of you guys who are listening, the rest and digest, this is also, um, it helps to govern our the, the regulation of our metabolism and our ability to burn fat. When we're in that stressed out uh, state, we cannot burn fat. The body, that's the last thing it wants to do. It wants to hold on for dear, for dear life. It wants to hold on to that fat because it interprets what's going on as survival state. And that's kind of where I'm getting at here is, um, because you use the example of like getting hit by, or almost hit by a, a bus or car. Mm -hmm. But the the mind doesn't actually, or the body doesn't actually know the difference between a real threat versus a perceived threat, right? So the body will have that same reaction. Yes. Even if I just think about getting hit, yeah. right? And have that panic. Um, just like how if you see like a rope on the ground when it's dark out and we think it's a snake, right? As soon as we realize it's not a snake, right? We calm down. But initially we're like, oh, <laughs> and exactly. perception. Yeah. And I, I think that's actually, it's beautiful that our bodies are equipped in that way because it's, it's to prevent us from danger. If our body's in doubt, like, is this a danger or not? It immediately goes into, I'll, I'll just be sure and, and imagine that it's a danger and I'll have this reaction. Um, and so it's actually a very good system. But today it's it's not always useful anymore because it happens as well with a full email box and friends, relationships waiting for us and, and people and stuff. And so there's just so many aspects in our daily life today. Uh, and our body's doing its very best to help us seeing these as potential dangers but it's not helpful anymore and so that, but just understanding actually that it's a very normal system that it's a very natural thing 
and that it had a, a good purpose already made me like calm down and was like, actually my body is doing what it's intended to do. I just need to learn my body when to get this reaction and, and maybe unlearn to have this reaction in certain moments. Right. And that's, I think, what it's about is learning how to use that system to our advantage and train it in the way that we want it to be trained. Because, and for those of you guys who are listening, you know, if you've been struggling with food, whether you label yourself as having the eating disorder or not, um, however you label it, whether you're struggling with binge eating or food addiction or weight or whatever it is, you're having these reactions around food right? You're around food and you're triggering these fight or flight responses in yourself, which is affecting your physiology. It is affecting your mental state. Um, and it won't stop there because then it'll be, you know, walking into the grocery store and walking down one aisle that you know is a triggering aisle for you or going to a party where you know that the food's going to be there or you know someone's going to be there who hasn't seen you since you gained the weight. And you're, and so you're constantly, um, or if you're going into like right now it's Halloween, if you're going into work in Halloween and you, you know, there's going to be like Halloween cupcakes there or something. You're like, should I, or shouldn't I have it? I'm driving past, uh, McDonald's on the way home. Should I, or shouldn't I have it? We're constantly dancing around this, this state of chronic stress. And I think what's also important is that when you're having this reaction. So the thinking part of your brain gets a bit more eliminated because as I just said, like you go into this automated decision-making, so it's even more difficult for yourself to prevent yourself from going or taking these foods that you crave because you you're almost like an autopilot. You're not thinking like, should I, or should I, because it's almost too difficult. Your, your, your body makes a the decision before you actually have, like consciously taking the decision. So that should also not be underestimated. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because uh, a lot of the issues that our clients face, it's not about knowing what's healthy and knowing what's not healthy. That's not the problem. They know mm -hmm. that they don't need to go to the doctor for the doctor to say, oh, you should be eating this and not that. They're like, mm -hmm. duh. But my problem isn't that. My problem is that it's compulsive. And I feel like it's totally out of control, like beyond, like a force beyond me. Like I, like something triggers and then it's like, I lose myself somehow and everything's impulsive. Everything's compulsive. It's out of control. Yeah. And that's really the, the gist I think of what you're saying here is it's, it's, um, when we're in that state, we don't have the same cognitive capacity. We don't have the same learning capacity. We can't receive. Um, we're we're debilitated in a way, in a big mm -hmm. way, actually. Um, yeah, and so, again, that's, that's not too bad. It's a normal system from our body, but just understanding this helps us to like deal with it. And then I think we can take actions and, and that's where it just all start, like having the triggers, feeling what's happening in your body, knowing that you're not able to respond the way you should maybe respond or want to, and then um, taking correct actions. Yeah. So, and let's talk, let's start talking about the correct actions because, and I know that's where um, uh, the moon bird comes in. So one of the, one of the things, guys, for those of you listening who are very new to this concept, 
um, there's a way to, to shift, right? There's a way to retrain. We always talk about retraining the brain around food, retraining the body. And we have found that using the breath is not our only tool, but a very important tool um, as a barometer or as a, um, so it's something that we can consciously change. And I always say that um, I love that Einstein quote, you can't solve a problem with the same brain that created it. So a lot of times in order to solve a problem, right? We need to get into um, a new, sorry about the dinging guys. We need to get uh, into a new state, right? And it's not just about, um, it's not just about saying like, all right, I needed to focus now and sit down and make a list, right? It's about actually shifting your state so you literally are fixing a problem with a different mind than the one that created the problem. Because if you, the problem was created from this out of control, stressed out state that's rooted in fear and scarcity and food issues and panic and all that's impulsiveness. We can't solve the problem from that state. So we need to learn how to actually shift state. And the breath is a beautiful tool for that. Um, and so I was wondering maybe Stephanie, if you could explain one of, I know your favorite quotes is um, slow down to speed up. Cause I know a lot of our, our kind of listeners are like, yeah, but I don't have time for this. I have so much, <laughs> I have so much to do and I have so much that I'm bugging out about. And um, what am I supposed to do? Just sit around and breathe. <laughs> so can you explain that idea of slowing down to speed up? Yeah, and it sounds very familiar for me as well. And still, like it's still a struggle to make time for all of these things. But I think that understanding that breathing or, or slowing your breathing down is a very effective way to slow yourself down is healthy because it's like time squeezing. Instead of doing 10 minutes of yoga, if you breathe consciously and very slowly for two minutes, you can have almost the same effects. So it's almost like you're doing something already efficient um more efficient than some other things so um that has helped me um and i like to compare the, our breath with uh like the remote control of our nervous system so what we just explained about uh the the sympathetic branch and the parasympathetic branch and shifting between those two that's all good to know but the question then actually is like how do we shift between those two right and um breathing is the only tool that we have in our body that is under the control of the sympathetic branch and the parasympathetic branch, but that's also under our voluntary, voluntarily control. So we can change our breathing rate and this can shift our mental and physical state, which is like, wow, like there is nothing in our body that can do that, right? So if we like elevate our breathing rate, we start to uh, hyperventilate, but in a controlled way, which is what people do when they do Wim Hof breathing. I'm not sure if you've heard of that term or, uh, or connected conscious, connected breathing and so on. If we do that, like we, we upregulate our breathing rate and this triggers a lot of effects, giving us a stress reaction and gives us like adrenaline in our body and this gives us our immune system a boost. So that's like accelerating our body. But then if we consciously slow down our breathing rate, we activate the parasympathetic nervous system 
and we go into this calmer, relaxed state. It can help us even to fall asleep faster. Um, I use Moonbird and, and breathing, slow breathing techniques really to fall, to, to, to doze myself off every night uh, when I go to bed. And um, yeah, I just think that's it's such a powerful tool to use just in short instances to really calm your nervous system down and to relax yourself. Yeah, the tool that's right under our nose. It's it's really amazing. And it's true that it is the only kind of body function that we have that would fall under both of those categories that works without our focus or control and something that we can totally control. Um, so for those of you guys listening, there's no one way to breathe, right? What Stephanie was saying is that there's a variety of breathing patterns. For those of you guys who are my clients who are listening to this, you know that we teach you very specific breathing patterns um, that you've been practicing throughout the re your rewired eating program. And um, so different types of breathing, the length of the exhales, the length of the inhales, the depth of your breath, um, where in your body specifically, are you belly breathing? Are you chest breathing? There's countless, I mean, I don't even know how many different types of breathing practices there are, but I would guess hundreds, if not thousands. Um, so with, maybe we can even talk about, um, actually, let me just check, because I wanted to talk about, I want to make sure we talk about the moon bird, but um, I wanted to make sure that we covered. Okay, good. We did cover what I wanted today. So um, what I thought was cool when you sent me the moon bird mm -hmm. was because I've been, I've had a breathing practice for many years mm -hmm. and, um, and I noticed that there were some pre-programmed like breathing techniques in there but I could also set it myself, like if I wanted to have a certain length inhale or a certain length uh, exhale, I was able to program that in myself as well. Would you mind maybe talking about, um, since we are on the topic of relaxation, maybe some or, or one type of uh, breathing that might serve uh, somebody who would like to you know, practice in a small amount and see the physiological difference for themselves? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So first of all, what you just said, there are so many breathing exercises and techniques, and uh, that's also because there are so many different people and we all breathe differently. Like we have breathing archetypes and it's not only made up of the depth of our breath or the rhythm of our breath, but also our posture and nose versus mouth breathing, what you want to call it, um, belly breathing, chest breathing. And so, so there's actually so many different aspects to the breath that we're not aware of. But once you start to zoom in on all these different things, there are so many to the breath. Um, and um, you can work on all of these, um, but the simplest technique to calm yourself down is to work with uh, the rhythm of the breath. Um, for most people, healthy uh, adults, this is around 12 to 15 breaths per minute. You can easily check this for yourself as well. You just um, take a piece of paper and for one minute you start to draw waves up and down. And every time you inhale, you draw a wave up. And when you exhale, you draw a wave down. 
and at the end of the minute you count the tops of the waves and then you can see what your breathing rhythm is in rest and mm. so you want to do a slow breathing exercise what you do is you breathe around a third of what you normally breathe so typically this would be around five to six breaths per minute um so this means five seconds in then five seconds out um you can also um use pauses in between um this is called box breathing so then you inhale for five you pause for five you exhale for five and you pause for five again and this is an easy exercise to do on your own you can visualize this because you can Visualize a box in front of you, and then you inhale, you go up one side of the box, you exhale, you have a pause of five seconds, you just follow the box, you go down for five seconds, and so on. You just continue this for a couple of minutes, and this will already have immediate effects and, and help yourself. Mm. I love the box breathing. I also just thought of a little... Um, kind of public service announcement that I wanted to make to my audience that um, for those of you guys who wear clothes that are too tight, this will affect your breathing and it will send you into the sympathetic, the fight or flight state because your body is not able physically to take in those deep, slow breaths. Um, so even the clothes that we wear will affect our breathing in that way. Um, so I would love to, to give you a chance, Stephanie, to talk about the Moonbird device and how it works, because um, I know that for a lot of us, especially those of us who might be newer mm -hmm. to breathing, it can be daunting. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love that, you know, a big part of your mission in this world right now is to make this accessible for people. Mm -hmm. So, um, if you'd like to just kind of take the floor and share anything you'd like to share. Yeah, well, one more thing before I start explaining, Moomert is another positive thing that I wanted to mention and that we should not forget um, because you talk about rewiring the brain and how we interact with triggers and so on, which is I think very positive because that means that we can do something about it. And the same is true for our breathing. Um, we are as babies, we are born as perfect breathers. And uh, if you think of a baby breathing, you can see it breathing through its nose, the belly goes up and down very rhythmically and so on. And so as we go or grow older, we tend to lose this perfect breathing rhythm. And, um, and that happens because we go to school for like eight hours a day and we just sit down or what you just said, we wear tight clothes. And so we're not, we're not used to having the full space of, of breathing uh, correctly anymore and so on. So we were born as per perfect breathers. And so we've dislearned this ability uh, through different cir circumstances throughout our life. But we can go back to this. We can, by paying attention to our breathing and our posture and so on, we can go back and, and, and shift ourselves into this proper breathing um, again. And so as you just mentioned, like your posture is very important. So you need the space to breathe and then having Clothes that do not li limit this is also really important. Um, and then you can close your eyes and you can just on your own focus on your breathing rhythm and just calm yourself down. Um, but the reason why I started Moonbird myself is that I found it still very challenging at sometimes to do this on my own, especially when you're really stressed uh, or when you're lying awake in your bed, um, what, what I was doing. 
Um, or I saw one of my friends having a panic attack when I was there. And it's just super challenging to at that moment to do this on your own. That's why I thought of like, how can we better guide people at, at these moments? And we have so many phones and applications and I love them all. I'm a huge fan of these apps. Um, but when you're really stressed, you don't want to grab your phone because for me, it's also a bit a trigger of stress sometimes. Um, so that's why I wanted to do something non-digitally. And I had the idea of a mom cradling a baby on her chest and like the baby calm, calms down because he actually or she feels how the mom is breathing and their rhythm synchronized because we have like this tactile connection, like it uses a sense of touch to convey information. And um, that's where the idea of Moonbird was, was born, actually, to create a device that in a tactile way guides you um, to breathe really slowly. So the Moonbird device is like an avocado shaped device and you hold it in your hand and it will start expanding and contracting like a small bird that's breathing in your hand. And um, you don't have to think anymore. You don't have to count your breaths. You just feel in the palm of your hand how you have to breathe. And you inhale when Moonbird expands and you exhale when it deflates. And so it's an intuitive way of guiding your breath. Um, we have indeed an app associated with it. So you can select different breathing rhythms. You can select your own breathing rhythm if you play around with it a bit. Um, there's also a heart rate sensor incorporated in the device. So for the people who need the extra um, measuring part and they want to see the impact of the uh, exercise on their body, uh, we also have that in device. Um, and yeah, I would uh, encourage everybody who finds it difficult to do this on your own to, to try the device. Although that my my personal bigger mission is not Moonbird itself, it's just to create this awareness around breathing and the tool that uh, our breath actually is, and that it's an un underestimated tool today. And I hope that one day kids will learn this at school. And yeah, yeah, I completely agree. And I think that uh, you know a lot of us who have experienced the changes in ourselves. We're just like, we need to tell everyone. <laughs> everyone could be so much calmer, especially children in school. And when we learn things in school, then we are so much more capable as adults. And we have that capacity to emotionally self-regulate and deal with life stresses in a more gracious way. Um, and... I'm grateful to know that you are out in the world bringing this, you know, in a, in a different way. And, um, and thank you for sharing it here. Well, thanks so much for having me, Katie. It's been wonderful to be able to talk about this. And I'm just really uh, in some kind of way happy that the breath can also help people with eating disorders because it's not something that we start to focus on. Um, but that just shows how important the breath is and how versatile and um, I'm so convinced that, yeah, everybody actually should just be aware of this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's amazing, like, that once we have a, a good toolbox, right, yeah. we can really handle so much more. And the breath is is just one of those tools that is very versatile. It's like, I, I'm not a handy person, so I don't know what the equivalent in like an actual toolbox would be, like a hammer or a wrench or whatever, like the, the, the one that can, the jack of all trades. <laughs> but um, 
but I, I so appreciate you being here. And um, if anyone would like to learn more about the work that you're doing um, or the Moonbird, where can they, where should they go online? Uh, to our website, that's the easiest, uh, www.moonbird.life. Um, and there you can find all the information. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Stephanie, so much for being here and for sharing um, how the world can become more relaxed <laughs> and healthy. And um, we'll see you guys on the next episode. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me, Katie. Bye, everyone. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe, follow, or leave a kind review. If you're ready to get down to business and work with me to end your food issues permanently, please reach out or go to katiepapo.com for more info. Be kind to yourself, and I hope to see you for the next episode.